Hey everyone, Ryan here. You know, a couple years back, Selena and I were in a tough spot. So we started praying for one another. And what we realized is the more we prayed, the more we changed. The more we submitted our hearts to God, the more our hearts were transformed by Him. Being able to talk to the living God is such a wonderful gift. So to help couples experience the power of prayer in their marriage, we've created the 40-Day Prayer Journey. To learn more, go to 40prayers.com, and by God's grace, it will be as transformational for you as it was for us. That said, enjoy this episode. What if we told you that you have more opportunities to connect with your spouse throughout the day than you think? And those aren't just connection moments, but they're eternal moments. Mm. Okay, it, so I would say, Ryan, what are you talking about? My life's too busy. Boy, I wish I you. I wish a we podcast. could. I wish we could connect more. <laughs> I don't that. feel connected. How do we connect? Well, those little moments are—they add up. They add up, and they are—we each experience them. Obviously, all of our lives are different, but we all have these little moments, these eternal moments, these ways that we can embrace the things of God, particularly, and here's the the focus for us here, in the home. Mm. Okay, so this conversation that we're going to have today is arising from this epiphany that we're having, the Fredericks, around our work within fierce marriage, fierce parenting, fierce families being the umbrella kind of idea, organization, whatever you want to call it, is that we are kind of equipping, mobilizing, encouraging the saints in the areas of the home. So between the husband and wife, also parents parenting their children. But what of the space in which that, those things happen? Mm. So like the home itself. Mm-hmm. The home itself is a place where these conversations unfold. And so today we're just... They should be the place where they're unfolding. Unfortunately, well, they're either not happening or they're happening in the wrong context, right. I think. The, those little granular moments, the yeah. ones that pile up. Um, we do have kind of big moments that we share as a couple where you go out on a date or you have maybe a vacation or something to that effect. But there are little moments. Mm-hmm. And that's what this episode is all about is in finding those moments, recognizing those moments, the ruts that we get into and how to embrace those moments to God's eternal glory and for our uh, present good. So I'm excited. I'm always excited about these conversations. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. would that be if you were just pressed recording like no you know what i'm really not excited to be here <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just stating the obvious That's every the kind week of podcast but hey the folks want if folks want the excitement i could just have a little more apathy I, i'd be happier <laughs> <laughs> careful what you ask for shouldn't joke no, about that joke about shouldn't that. joke about those things yeah so it's very it's a very meta conversation so you've been saying that a lot but we're like what what is happening in the home and we we really value this space, and it's not just the whole live laugh love thing. It's no, not it, that. I, it's I, like this is a it's a sacred space. It's a sacred place. Well, it's becoming more sacred. Uh, just we've kind of looked outward this last week on a few things, and just looking at our culture, looking at what is happening out in the world uh, today, and it's not very hopeful. <laughs> in a sense, God is in control. Yeah. Our hope is in Him. But we're looking at the world saying, what is going on? Like, there's just chaos. There's there's sin and brokenness to deep, deep 
no end, right? And what is mm. that going to look like in 15, 20 years? Yeah. And then that has oriented us back in to say, okay, not looking at ourselves, but looking at what has God entrusted us with? What can we actually put our hand to? Mm. And the business of the home is something he's given us and it is under attack and for good reason because of hopefully mm. some of the reasons we'll be sharing today um, and over the next month. It's one of the reasons why I love the idea of home economics mm. and not in like the 1950s and 60s sense of the word where you're just learning how to bake cakes and iron I love baking aprons cakes. and those types of things. I don't like ironing. <laughs> but home economics has to do, you said it, it's the business of the home mm-hmm. and the seriousness of it. And the, 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 I want to kind of resurrect in a way that old view of it and how we see the home is more than just a place where we sleep and we eat meals, sometimes even not together. It's not a place where we just go veg out or we mow the lawn on the weekends. Like yes. the home is a strategic outpost for the soldiers of Christ, for, yes. the, for the, the soldiers of God's kingdom to advance the kingdom. Yeah. It's not a college dorm, people. We don't just kind of come and go as we please. <laughs> yes. At least not yeah. yet. And so yeah. we are going to embrace some of those talks, and it'll be good. Buckle up. It, this buckle is, by up. the way, these thoughts are not just for this. This is stuff that we've been kind of unpacking and looking at. I've, I've been working on outlining some ideas around this and how to prepare our hearts, prepare the hearts of our children for that long game, particularly with the main primary battlefront being in the home and the hearts and minds that are being forged in the home, which we believe is society's forge. So mm. these are big conversations that we're having. We're just going to hit the, the beginning of it here. Um, so buckle up. It's going to be good. Before we do that, uh, leave a rating and review if you haven't done that yet. Uh, that We appreciate it. If you partner with us, if you want to partner with us. We would appreciate that too. And this is just the beginning. We, all right, we're 240 some episodes into the Fierce Marriage podcast, you guys. And a lot of people who talk about marriage, they get this far and they're like, yeah, we've kind of said everything. And, you know, to them, to each of their own, I can totally see that. We, we are constantly wondering, like, what can we possibly say that we haven't already addressed? <laughs> and usually it comes around, we're saying things differently, we're saying them better. But I really believe that we are just in the beginning of what it means to equip the saints in the area of marriage in the in the area of parenting. And so if you want to, if that excites you, uh, we want your partnership because we want people who are on mission and are excited to be on mission. Mm. And uh, we, we cherish our partner community. If you want to join that, just go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. Okay. We just ended a whole series about sex uh, the last month. So if you haven't heard that conversation or any of those episodes, definitely go back and check those out. Um, word of caution, like, you know, don't let little kids listen when they're around because it, it does get a little uh, not steamy, I would say. But it, we do talk about things and we're not, af- we're not afraid to talk After about it. dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, we. <laughs> I was just thinking of the. <laughs> what? Uh, what is that? At night. <laughs> the oh, <one>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Troy and Abed in the morning, <laughs> nights. It's fierce marriage. Yeah. yeah. If, you, Anyways, if you've ever watched if you know, the you show know, Community, yeah. that's where that comes from. It's a silly show. Yeah. You know, I never thought I'd be sick of talking about sex. Actually, you know what? I did think that. <laughs> As a marriage professional, if that's what we're called. <laughs> Minister, I professional is way too. Listen, people, our marriage works because it's our job to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the bottom line. Well, still a little bit off, but anyways. <laughs> but talking about sex, it does uh, it, it, can... it 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 does feel. I'll say taxing to take that on. Um, yeah, sex definitely felt like a little bit more work. It wasn't as. It, it's not that it wasn't as much fun. It was just kind of like. 
We talked about it already. What else do we have to talk about? <laughs> it's it's good. It's beautiful, and it's yours yeah. to enjoy. Now go enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but this conversation, some, go ahead. There was just some good conversations in there with um, some other people. So check out the interviews. Check out those resources. Yeah, and, um, and some of the some of those conversations led to uh, people uh, getting very uh, upset. Um, I'll leave it at that. And we, but we are, okay. we're committed to uh, hearkening the you know the biblical truth the good god's good design for sex and you know what's what's disheartening was that the right word dis disen, disheartening disheartening there it is <laughs> disenchantening um disheartening is when you feel misunderstood or when you are misunderstood when people misrepresent mm. um i'm just talking about us like I, some of the most discouraging moments i've had are being misrepresented and therefore misunderstood right and it's just like you feel like there's nothing you can do to correct mm-hmm. it uh, and there and probably isn't. And at that moment in time, it's just giving it to the Lord and surrendering and knowing that, mm. you know, God is our, our, we can hide in him. We can rest in him. Our identity is secure in him. And so nothing's going to change that. Yeah, so there was, yeah, still be sad. it's mm. very sad and it's very frustrating. Yeah. But in those moments, like we're talking about today, how can we recognize uh, a holiness aspect to them? How can we recognize mm. and how can our hearts be reoriented to God uh, in those in those sad moments, in those hard moments, and for the conversation, for the sake of the conversation today, in those moments uh, within our home and when we're together mm. uh, as a married couple, That's not good. during sexy time. <laughs> yeah, go back a couple episodes and listen to this. <laughs> yeah, and like we started this episode, it's just this big reminder. You have more opportunities to connect with your spouse around the things of God than mm. you realize. Mm-hmm. Selena, we have more opportunities to connect with one another this is a marriage podcast, so that's part of it, to connect with one another around the things of God. Yeah. I'm a big proponent of not connection for connections' sake <laughs> <laughs> can sometimes feel like uh, it gets it can get a little bit, what's the word it's I'm looking empty. for? It's empty. It's a dead end. You can't just connect to connect. It's, There's got to be a higher purpose and a bigger purpose, and that will come. Well, you can. That, I mean, you can enjoy your spouse just because you enjoy your spouse, but when it's hard to enjoy one another it's very helpful and i think necessary to remember the purpose of our union is not just for our enjoyment it's deeper than Mm. that and so we seek out these moments of connecting not just in in a vacuum but around the things of god right i don't have inside jokes with you just to joke with you i have inside jokes with you to be unified with you to the glory of god we have many inside jokes it's a big step i'd love to be part of one someday (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not trying to to be silly about that, but that, I see it's what you're true. saying. I see what you're saying because we, yes, we have those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And that, so that's the big broad idea. It's like open your, you know, open your, your mind a little bit here, open your heart and realize, okay, looking into our daily rhythms, our lives, there are moments when we maybe don't realize that yeah. we, we could use those. There's moments that we're missing. They're, they could be being stolen from us. You know, we're being mm-hmm. distracted away. We're in transit too much. Um, I just, you know, I just think about, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Uh, and what is he, what to steal, kill and destroy? What? Yes. Maybe our bodies, but mostly our soul and those moments of recognizing who God is are the steal and destroy. What our relationship with one another that God has ordained that we've committed to, um, destroying mm-hmm. the things of God essentially. And so how are we, um, battling those fronts? Right. And how are we 
Um, and not letting those moments be stolen yes. or distracted away from. Or unseen, I think was my yeah. kind of terminology here is, um, I, maybe you've heard of this book, the Every Moment Holy book. Uh, it's a it's a book of liturgies. So what's a liturgy, Ryan? Just to <laughs> define the, the moment. <laughs> but we didn't grow up in a liturgical um, church tradition. But as I understand it, liturgies are forms and formulas for expressing worship to God uh, in the various holy moments within the, the, the a church service or maybe the cycles of a church. So like the Eucharist would have you know, the Lord's Supper would have a liturgy attached to it that mm-hmm. the pastor would read out the, or, you know, whatever that a religious official equivalent would be. They right. would read that for, for the church to hear so they can all participate and be on the same page. So it's I like the usually idea of, poetic too. Usually. Yeah. And it's In a form. beautiful thing. And the term liturgy took a huge nosedive around the turn of the century uh, because it was very, very well used. And it was a, a, a it was part of the kind of the high church, the Ang- Anglican oh, church okay. and, and um, Catholic church. And it took a huge nosedive just in culture over the, the middle or turn of the century to the mm. middle of the fifties. It's making a, it's making a, Make a little comeback here. A little comeback. All yeah. Right. I think people are recognizing the fact that we need to, we, we need to embrace the holy moments of life right. and liturgies help you do that. So this book, every moment, holy it was released by rabbit room press. I think yeah. it's Andrew Peterson who we got to see in concert. Yes. That was awesome. Yes released by his uh, company. Um, he's a musician and an author. He wrote the Wing Feather Saga. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. Um, so that book is all around, like there's a liturgy around changing diapers. Mm-hmm. There's a liturgy for laundry. There's a liturgy for... Coffee time with your spouse, honestly, time. in the morning. They're like, coffee. Like there's liturgies for every moment. And it makes every moment very poetic, but it brings kind of the the eternal moments with the here and now it's a big connection and i think that's what liturgies can do for us well like for example when when someone's doing laundry right it, oh yeah i had to look up that because i'm like oh gosh <laughs> again when you're doing laundry there's you're gonna not be no just, laundry in heaven you can be reductive <laughs> and you can say i'm just cleaning clothes right and i'm just folding clothes and managing clothes and that's that's kind of soul-sucking right but if you look at laundry like i am i am and this is going to sound kind of weird but I'm literally preparing the garments that will adorn my family. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that as a service unto them mm-hmm. and therefore as a service unto the Lord. Mm. And you have given us the grace of running water. You've mm. given us the grace of soap. You've given us a grace it's of seen. chemical reactions. It's a sight of seeing and seeing all these things and, so and when understanding. I fold, when I fold this pair of whitey tighties, <laughs> no one in our house, <laughs> house wears those. But when I'm folding these things, it's a service unto the Lord. And, right. and therefore... It is a joy for my heart. It's a joy for my soul because I can say it's got it has context, mm-hmm. and so take that. Oh well, yeah. What is the big question? Is just how are we being blinded as a married couple in the home uh, to the things of God and and how He is at work uh, within our marriage and within our home? Is He at work? Mm. Um, what are we missing? So this is how do we begin seeing these things? Well, we have to go to the Giver and yeah. the Creator of Sight. We have, there's a going to him, an orienting of our hearts to him. And I think liturgies Mm. help us do that. So we're not going to sit here and talk about how to write a liturgy, right? But how can we, in a sense, go to him and see our daily interactions with one another and our time together as a way of honoring him? Mm. Uh, And the first thing that, I mean, if you think about your day, you wake up, right? You have your first kind of hours of the day. And how do we, how do we begin those hours? Are we picking up our phone and scrolling or are we getting out of bed and asking the Lord what he has for us that day and how can we begin to mm. worship him 
in, you know, we've talked about on this podcast, secret and private worship of, uh, it's what the Puritans called kind of your devotion time, you and God, just between you and God, this is the secret worship. And then the private worship is within your home. Um, so between in this case for this podcast, between you and your, your spouse, it's private only in the sense that it's not public. Um, which there is that form as well, which is with which other would be corporate worship, saints, but this yeah. is, whoever's in your home enjoying that with you. Um, but yeah, so seeing those moments, I, I, here's, here's just a quick illustration. I'm usually the first one to wake up usually not always, but I don't know what it is, but I'm just up, you know, early and I can either see that moment as, Oh, I just have to get up and I'm tired. Cause I, you know, with, it's dark. It's dark. I can never see anything. <laughs> the days I turn the light. On. <laughs> Sorry. All the office quotes are coming out. Yeah. I can either see that it's just drudgery or I can say, Lord, you've given me yet another day. Hmm. Yet another day when I can count on your son, the sun rising. This is the hope that we have to the east. This is the hope that, that we have. You have chosen to give us Thank another God. day. Hmm. You have chosen also to see fit to give me a wife who lays here next to me. And and I and so I could give you a kiss at that moment and say, mm-hmm. I thank God for you mm-hmm. in my heart or out loud or just good morning. I love you. Right. Like that's a holy moment. Right. And how and it's an opportunity instead of just think of the contrast there, the drudgery and the, oh, so it's Monday, which today is, happens to be Monday. We're recording this. It's Monday. It's another week, another, you know, another, another day, another the dollar. Darkness right? is, the darkness is easy to see, but the light is hard to mm. allow to shine in sometimes. The, the, I feel mm. like there, I feel like the light is, is what we fight for. You got to fight for the light, mm. but it yeah. becomes easier, I think. And it becomes more of a blessing to begin to live that out. And the moment it becomes rote, and what I mean by that, the moment it starts just being something you just do and it's void of awe and wonder and gratitude, Mm -hmm. that's the moment it becomes mundane and that's the moment it becomes drudgery again. Mm -hmm. That even saying, Lord, thank you for this day could be drudgery again. You can say that faithfully and even if it's hard, but this, this is not just about things you say and things you do. These are not formulas, incantations to to realize a better Christian life. Mm. These are ways to reorient our hearts on the very goodness of God. Yep. With true gratitude, with true thankfulness. With the truth itself, scripture. Right. And, mm. you know, we always talk about the psalmist saying, why so downcast, oh, my soul? Like we can, mm. we can display. I was, and I was reading about Paul, I think in First Corinthians and, you know, how he's like, he is disciplining his body to do Mm. the things that he doesn't necessarily want to do, but knows that it will bring glory to the Lord by doing it. Right. And so how can we, um, not miss these moments because we don't feel like doing anything, right? How can we Mm. grab a hold of these? I mean, what a better way to steal your life away than to just scroll it. Right. And just live Mm. to the next thing. Lord help us. You know, how can we begin to orient our hearts and I mean, it's asking those questions. It's going to God saying, help me, God, help me to see these quote unquote missional moments, which we kind of, I yeah. think we've explained, but, um, could you, what is a missional moment? Like, can I, could I write something about this moment? Am I seeing the outworking of God, uh, within our marriage? So this is an epiphany to me, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go a little bit off on a sidebar, but it, this, I think switch, it changes. What's the word? It flips the script on the enemy. Mm-hmm. So instead of now just taking in whatever that lie is, whatever, observing the darkness, but just observing it and then kind of hoping that the light will shine through there. Instead of doing that, you then are becoming, what is, what is, uh, John in the gospel of John, I'm talking about John the Baptist. He says, I'm not the light, but I'm here to tell you of the light. Right. 
right? In other words, he's shining the light of mm-hmm. uh, of Christ by saying, like, this is the, the I am Messiah. Not the light. Yep, I am not the light. The way. And so we can be the the ones who are shining the light in this area because we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Yes. We are in Christ ourselves. And so it flips the script. So transparent moment, recording the podcast for the marriage side, the parenting side, has, it's gotten, it's very difficult. It's challenging. We're still trying to find the rhythms that, that work for us so we can continue creating gospel-centered quality content. But most days we wake up to record, I'm just like, there's a heaviness there because we have this burden to do it, but the work seems difficult. And so to, ter- to turn that moment into a liturgy, Lord, you've given us the gift of a voice to mm-hmm. manipulate sound waves themselves to to point others to you. You've given mm-hmm. us the gift of yourself, the gospel to, and then a voice with which we can share that gospel. Like mm-hmm. you see how it starts to sh- change the script. It totally does. It changes the whole narrative, and we can do the same thing in our marriages. Well, and I think it just you know we talk about communicating better with your spouse. We talk about how to connect with your spouse um, on various levels and. I think a big part of that is recognizing these moments that they are not just, it's not just, okay, we're having a fight. What did Ryan and Selena say about what we should do when we have a fight? No, it's reminding ourselves that, okay, we're two people or two sinners that have been brought together under this covenant for God's glory. It stinks to be fighting right now. Like I don't like it and I don't want to continue in it. However, mm-hmm. God is loving us in these moments by allowing us to clash, by allowing when we clash to hopefully break down some of that sin and that darkness that's inside of us and mm. for the light to shine through. So, so in so every good. moment, truly the, that book just nailed it. Every moment is holy. Nothing is wasted. God is, mm. has redeemed everything. And so I guess there's just, there is a call. There's this hope that we hope you hear <laughs> and hope you are able to embrace that. You know, you're, if you're in a marriage that is feeling cold and disconnected, there is, there is a mission within that. God has mm. given us a mission and a purpose. You, listener, um, and you mm. are without. You are fully equipped with the Holy Spirit. That's a great reminder that you, listener, are also part of this commissioning that has happened, mm. and therefore you've been enlisted. You've been enlisted into the work of God that that Christ began, mm. and you've been counted among disciples and saints, citizens and children of God. And you are now living in that reality. And the, the question is, are you walking in it? Right. Are you stepping forward in it? And so these moments and recognizing and seeing them, they ha- they calibrate us th- by placing us on that continuum of God's mission again. Mm-hmm. And say, God, it, this is not an arbitrary moment. This has a purpose. And it reorients our hearts to God. It reorients our hearts to be missional. Now, what do we mean by missional? I think the, the the clearest reading is just in, in Matthew twenty eight, when Christ gives us the great commission. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "Make disciples." Of, it says, "Now go." <laughs> so go, go. Don't just sit. Imperative. Sleep. <laughs> lay go. down. Go. Move in faith. Go. Make disciples of all nations. Uh, proclaim the gospel. We should probably just read it. Preach the gospel. <laughs> make disciples of all nations. Discipling them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So preach the gospel. Share the good news. Uh, now, does that mean everybody has to be a preacher in the in the vocational sense? Well, obviously not. Okay, we're not even preachers. Sometimes I preach at church. Sometimes but, we preach, but that's that's not the case. But proclaiming the gospel is is the way of the Christian. I'm going to read this because you just we just need to. Okay. So Matthew 28 verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Teaching them to observe. We leave that part out. First, it starts with Jesus, though. (laughs) And I hope that people hear that every time when we talk about anything in marriage, is that it starts with God. It starts with Jesus. It starts, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and now he is commissioning us. He the one that has all the authority. So he mm. gives us the commission just by, I think, virtue of him giving us that commission, we should feel empowered. Mm, amen. Amen. So the, again, we're recognizing that these little moments are missional mm. moments. They're not just, they're not the throwaway moments. In serving the great commission. There's yes. There's no such thing as a throwaway, throwaway moment, moment. Now you could say, well, what if I just like to watch the office with my spouse and that's our way to, that's not a throwaway moment either. That's Entertainment is is wonderful. It's good. And yes, you want to be entertaining. You're, you're putting good things into your heart and into your mind. And we have to be guard. We have to guard our hearts. Well, the line, yeah. The the line is that when sh- we... Go ahead. go ahead. Well, I wasn't going to say like the show itself is the holy thing, but the moment is the thing that can be used for God's holy means or holy ends, I should right. say. And so uh, to laugh with one another, like that's that's a... It's refining thing that's a connecting thing that's a gift yeah so we're not saying that you need to live every moment vigilant and to the point of utter exhaustion it's a recognition but i think there that. are some moments yes that we do need to live out to those that fullness in that extent but recognizing what the moments are and how they are holy and how they are glorifying to god yeah. is something that is it's a lost art i think so david platt in his book radical i think said it very well and i've lived this is transformational for me but it really speaks to this he said, the point of a Christian life is to experience God's grace and extend his glory. Mm. Experience God's grace and extend his glory. Now, the ways in which we experience God's grace, clearly we have a salvific sense of the word, that I am saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But also common grace, the fact that we have clean water, the fact that we have delicious food, the fact that you can enjoy a, the smell of a rose, right? That's mm. enjoying God's grace. That's not just a rose it's a grace of God to smell that thing. Do you know what goes into making roses grow? I mean, come on. If you just <laughs> if you just stop and look at a rock even, Is there a reason the rocks don't? cry out. They really do. Yeah. The formation of anything in this universe wow. is almost unfathomable to our small little minds. So we're talking about seeing these, these moments. We're defining what these moments actually are. Now I want to ask the question is why don't we have, mm. why don't we experience or see these moments? And I think I think there's layers of answers because we kind of talk about, you know, oh, we don't have time. And I don't know. We just I think either we're not aware. We're unaware. Yeah, that's the first piece. We don't know that every moment is an opportunity. No one said, hey, guess what? You can recognize these things as more than what they are. But if you're listening to this podcast, that's no longer you (laughs) because we've just we've just we've just killed that excuse. (laughs) Um, So either we're not aware. okay, or we. we don't actually understand, like we may be aware of it, but we don't understand the depth of the implications of what we're now aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason we don't ex- have these holy moments or, ex- or I guess these missional moments as we've been calling them is we're not desirous of or affectionate toward God in a way that would, that would beget these types mm-hmm. of moments. Mm-hmm. So we just, I mentioned that I've been preaching at church cause we're kind of in the middle of we're raising up elders in our church gathering and I'm one of uh, the interim kind of preachers until we figure that part out. Um, why well, I got the privilege of of talking to our church on Ephesians chapter five verses one and two, and that passage um, 
it's really hard to talk about here because there's a lot of context that you just don't have time to get into. But leading up to that point, the book of Ephesians is is just such a rich, encouraging theological work. But he spends so much time, the first three chapters of the book, rooting the believers mm-hmm. in the, the reality of Christ's resurrection, the reality it has for them as people who are brought into the fold of God, of peop- people who are now called citizens and saints and children of God. And so all of it is is it's building a case for that. And then Mm -hmm. Ephesians four through six are kind of the, so what? So we have this new reality. Now, how do we live it out? Mm. And so he talks about in Ephesians chapter four, the unity in the church. He talks about the expression of the gifts and the diversity, the beautiful diversity within the church and the the gifts and how they're expressed and, and how we, we can be unified despite the diversity of those gifts. And because we all share the same resurrection, the same truth in Christ. And then in Ephesians 5, and this is the part that we pay attention to because we're marriage people. We talk about this a lot, and especially Ephesians 5, you know, husbands love your wives, Christ's or wives submit to your husbands. Like that's mm. a huge passage that marriage, married ministries have to deal with. <laughs> um, it's beautiful. I'm not afraid of it. I, I love it. It's all called a submission, like, people. We're all, there's a submission for everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, so Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, it says, therefore, be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. And so that got me thinking through, well, be imitators. How can we possibly imitate the living God <laughs> of the universe? Well, we have, we, the, in most kind of reform circles, there's communicable traits, there's non-communicable traits. And, and so there's aspects of God's character that we can that we can imitate. We can't replicate, but we can imitate God in these ways. Like we are creative, but we can't create something from nothing. Mm. We can manipulate and create a new construction of the things that God has already created, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we can't love perfectly, but we can love in a way. Yeah, We can't be good perfectly how God is good, but we can be good in, in a way, right? So, but the deeper question is not how do we, it's not how do we imitate God or what do we imitate him in? The deeper question is why or from what well do we, can we even possibly mm. imitate him? And so I'm trying to make this short, but if effectively it always comes down to our affections, right? Because we imitate what we're affectionate toward and what we're affectionate for or desirous of is usually an indication of some sort of void. So if you think about an appetite that you have, if you're hungry, then you're going to seek out food, right? Your affections are for food. Like right now we ordered some food and I'm hoping that it <laughs> is ready so we can go eat it it's after, we've, after right we've recorded <laughs> Um Whatever that that void is. Now, when it comes to the soul deep questions, we have these big questions like, where do I come from? You know, what is the meaning of all this? Where are we headed? What happens when I die? What happens when I suffer? What happens when someone I love suffers? These are all soul deep questions that we have voids to fill those. Mm-hmm. We, we have a void because of these questions unless yeah. we learn the answers. So we have to notice that Paul doesn't just say, be imitators of God in this passage. He goes a step further and he says, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. And then he says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. And so if we just read those two verses without the context of the other, you know, previous four chapters, we can uh, just start to moralize and say, do more of the right things. But Paul is, Paul knows that that way leads to death. He knows that his path is lined, and this is what I said in the sermon. He says, with the dry bones of many well-intentioned, self-justifying, dead, wannabe saints, right? Because mm-hmm. that's moralizing. Just do more of the right things. But that's Paul is cutting to the core of that and saying, as dearly loved children, he's reminding you that the well from which you go, or the well from which you drink, the well you go to, when 
you were trying to imitate God and the whole source of your imitating God is recognizing your identity that he's laid out for us in Ephesians chapter one through three. We're blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing. That's that's uh, chapter one, verse three. Uh, we have been uh, chosen for adopt, adoption, not as servants or slaves, but as sons and daughters. Why? Because of God's great love. That's again, chapter one. Mm-hmm. In chapter two, he says, we were once dead. We're not maimed, injured, sick, or dying. We were absolutely dead, but we have been brought to life. Mm. We were once a dead soul in a dying body, and we're now Amen. a resurrected soul in a soon-to-be resurrected body. See how this is calibrating? So mm-hmm. now I can imitate God because I'm beginning to understand and actually believe that I'm a dearly loved child. Mm. I'm not just somebody he has saved, as and, and he's been. I've been granted citizenship. That's part of it. I'm not just a, a saint been given right standing, but I've been called a child of the living God, a, mm. chi- a son of the king. Right. And, see, and that begins to that give us these opportunities yeah. to now imitate God. And so what to back all the way back up to this, um, these, mo- these holy moments, and we see, we, we don't sometimes recognize them because we fail to, to see and believe the true reality of who God is and who he says we are. Mm. And this is a reminder to you, listener, to remember those things and that each one of these little moments can be a reflection of remembering that deep eternal reality that you are in Christ, right. a son or daughter of the King. Right. So again, this going to this reorienting our hearts essentially for worship, right. And glorification to God, giving him all the glory for every single mm. moment in our life. It begins with understanding who he is. It begins with the knowledge of who mm. he is and therefore who I am. Yeah. I cannot be defined outside of God. And so I, I, need to understand that these moments he's given me, they can fall one of two ways. I can, you know, lay aside my identity as a child of God and just endure life, or mm-hmm. I can embrace the identity that he's given me and embrace the life that he's given me and recognize every single moment as being holy and glorifying oh. to him. I love it. So let's get a little bit more tangible. Let's We're going to kind of, we like to leave you with some tangible ways of working and living and you know being holy i guess <laughs> let's just get to the, the action items here so where are these moments in your actual life so we're going to give you some some ideas of where moments might be mm-hmm. but the bottom line is you listener and, and your spouse you're going to have to talk and that's the conversation challenge <gasps> and find and embrace so that you can embrace these moments so for us the, I think the big obvious ones are mornings and evenings. Okay. Right. Uh, morning. I love morning time because I love them both because in the mornings it's like you're waking up. God has given you another day. You're breathing another day. It's a day full of opportunity and full of life mm-hmm. that you can either pass by, get through, or you can embrace. Right. And so the mm-hmm. small moments we talked about, like, you know, basically from the moment your head lifts off your pillow. Yeah. Um, what else? So uh, like coffee time. Yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about, I was thinking about morning and evenings. And so the beauty about mornings is that you're kind of waking up and, and you're you're getting ready to be wrung out, right, for the rest of the day. And so mm-hmm. are you being filled up by, by God and the things of God? Are you able to get up? Um, and you can argue, I guess, whenever you do devotions, and there's different seasons for all of that. Like I read my Bible at night because that's when the kids are in bed. When I wake up in the morning, it's kind of things are already happening. Um, I'm learning, we're just getting out of that season of little baby and we're in a toddler now and mm. sleeping is become, you know, it's a better rhythm for, for her. So we can now kind of plan some of those mornings of like, okay, I can set an alarm to get up a little bit earlier and we can spend some time together. Um, hmm. So it's, 
how are you waking up? I guess would be the first question is how are you, what is the first thing that you grab and go to and why is it, is it that? Yeah. So it's kind of the before it's the calm before the storm before being wrung out. Like, uh, like you said, I love that. Um, for us, we have chosen to make, uh, uh, breakfast together as a family, a priority whenever Mm -hmm. possible. It's Mm -hmm. not always possible, but most of the time, uh, we are sitting down like this morning. I, I, I have a, today's a very busy day for, for, for Ryan. And so I, I was in here in the office earlier doing work, knowing that breakfast was coming and I wanted to skip it. I was, I wanted to say, and I thought you might, I gave you permission. Me. I was like, babe, I know you got a busy day. So like, this is what we're doing. You know, we want you here, but we can, it's okay. Well, thank you for that. And, and sometimes I will take you and I have taken you up on that, yeah. on that offer. But this morning I was like, no, this is, this is a holy moment. This, mm. this moment around this table with these little girls and we did our family worship. We're reading, well, I had to figure out cause we just finished kind of the readable parts of the Pentateuch. <laughs> and so like, we're, I'm not going to read Leviticus with our kids. I Maybe mean, when they're can. older, you can. <laughs> with our daughters, I feel like a fear it would be a, a tough sell. Um, so we, we read some scripture, we sang together, which, and what did Louisa, our youngest, oh, she was singing she today. She was singing, singing her little heart out. And you know when two-year-olds start really engaging in song and motions and they just, they sing like no one's listening and they're just <laughs> trying to be a part of it and their heart is just there and you just, oh man, it just brings tears to your eyes. It's oh my word. just word. the best. And she was loving the song that we sang today. And that's not every day, but I mean, can you imagine if I would have skipped or would that moment never happened? Mm. So it, it sometimes it's a balance. Seeing, like, right. yeah, you can't live in fear. You have to trust yes. that God is, is sovereign in every moment. But in those moments that we yeah. do uh, decide to step, I think, and live in the light, even though it feels hard, it doesn't feel like there's enough time. And I just sometimes don't want to do it. That God is so faithful to Amen. give us, show us the holiness and the light in those moments, his goodness. Evenings are similar. Um, so for us, it's after the kids are down for the night, they're in bed asleep and it's quiet. Like that's our moment to connect. A lot of times we're, frankly, we're a lot of times too tired to be intimate in those moments. <laughs> and we have, what, <laughs> what we have, you, we have utilized those moments to that, to that end, uh, many times, but with the season of life we're in, it's Go been really listen difficult. to the last series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but really it's a time for us to connect uh, relationally. So sometimes we'll have updates, like here's what's happening, going on in life. Here's kind of schedule, logistical updates, but also it's time for us just to be friends and just laugh. And if I'm discouraged, Celine will come over and encourage me. Um, I've had this really bad, um, uh, a knot, like a huge knot in my back. <laughs> Case of the grumpy <laughs> No, I've had a physical yeah, knot. Yeah, no, your shoulders, yeah. And you've you've been so sweet to like help kind of massage that out. And it's been a time for us to reconnect and talk and um, maybe, maybe tonight I'll, I, my neck's starting to hurt a little bit right now. So maybe tonight we'll have to, mm-hmm. Actually, uh-huh. yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. anyway, you get the point listener, uh, for the second, where are the moments, these in between moments? So it, do we, do you have a leaky life? And what I mean by that is your life a sieve in that there's all, everything's kind of getting through drop by drop and you're finding yourself totally drained at the end of the day. What are those little things? Or is that, that's more for the lost moments. So yeah. that's not in between, but the lost moments. So um, things that we think typically are, are t- irredeemable in a sense, like when you're in transit, mm-hmm. you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to music. How are you making those moments? Not you making them holy, but how are you recognizing them as um, God at work or building your unity? I mean, I just think if I was, if we were commuting or something, how can I stay connected to my husband when we're away from each other? How can I not just like think about what I have to do at work that day, but how can I um, 
hey, babe, I listened to this podcast or I was I was listening to scripture. I think those moments flow out of something that's already happening and welling up within us. That's, I think, where it comes back to the Ephesians 5 piece, exactly. where if we know we're dearly, dearly loved children, if we're embracing these moments for what they are, it's not, a day is not just a day when you're in Christ. A right. day is an opportunity to be wrung out for the gospel. That's right. where you now have this glad orientation toward the things of God and saying, I'm going to pray for my spouse in this moment. Yes. Or I'm going to pray for this thing that I know they're dealing with. And I'm going to tell them that I'm praying for them. Like, mm. I'm going to text a prayer, or I'm going to say, I'm praying for yeah. you right now. I know things are going crazy or whatever. Maybe things are going really well, like praise God. So I just think staying connected in those in-between moments can, uh, connection, there's something about connection and mm-hmm. not holiness, but like there's just a, like when you're connect, you feel connected to God, like he doesn't disconnect from us, right? Like, but when there's something about feeling that connection that hmm. it brings in that, that holiness sort of like that warmth is I'm saying this terrible. I, I don't know how to, oh, it, it comes from walking with God where you now you, you it's the communion that you have you yes. experience with God. Yes. We, we are in Christ. That's the union with Christ. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fixed and unchanging, but our communion with God, meaning the fellowship we share and enjoy with him is a function of these things we're talking about yeah. are, are stirring our affections for him, going to his word, glorifying him at every turn. Those will stir our effect and it'll make us, it'll make us feel more, uh, it'll, it will feel more the reality th- that is already there. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, okay. And then, uh, other, other, where are the moments? So I mentioned in between. So yeah, calling, texting, praying, um, in those in between moments, maybe yeah. between meetings or, you know, the kids are down for a nap or you've just got, uh, embracing those moments as opportunities for all these things we're describing. Right, and well, and recognizing, I mean, it kind of begins, we talked about looking at your day and kind of finding the actual time for you to connect and kind of recognize the moments. But I think the deeper question too would be, what's your default response? And like, Mm -hmm. what are the ruts that you're in when it comes to um, waking up in the morning? What's a default response? Grab my phone, shoot, no, I want to grab the Bible. Or do I even like think about that? Or, Mm. you know, one of our good friends, Cliff, something that's kind of stuck with me that you've shared, Ryan, is that he says, Lord, what do you have for me today? Like, what is, what is your will for me today? Not, Hey God, I need your help on these things, right? It's a very much, Mm. God, what do you have for me today? So what are, what are our questions? What are our default responses? Um, to waking up in the morning, to breakfast, to going to work? What do we listen to in the car? What are we listening to at work? What are we seeing? What's our thought pattern? What are our conversations like with other people? Um, and how are these shaming and shaming, shaping, shaping <laughs> and forming some of those holy moments and connection times uh, yeah. with our spouse and of course with the Lord? Really good. I, the visual of a rut is really helpful for me if you've ever been on a dirt road. <laughs> Or driven any streets in the city of Tacoma. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's in Beirut out here. I'll tell you what. Um, no, I was out. Actually, it was I was out on the peninsula, which is a beautiful part of our state. I was in our. Okay, don't judge me, but we have this 2008 Toyota Prius. Hey, you know what? <laughs> All the guys I know judge me because I drive well, this car. We bought this. And my excuse right is listen. It works, all right? It's paid <laughs> off. It works. And I have no pride in the vehicle that I drive. <laughs> and gas was crazy when we bought it. Yeah. So anyway, I was. it had snowed out on the peninsula. And I'm taking this front-wheel drive electric hybrid car <laughs> with like zero horsepower. Hey, and I had I was I was at the Indy. mercy of the – because the snow had melted to where the, the, the road was exposed. But there was still a huge center, like yeah. chunks of yeah, snow. Yeah, it's like a hill right in the middle. And of. it had frozen. So – 
like the ruts were real and there was no getting out of them. So like if the road was going to the left, I was going to the left. <laughs> and uh, anyway, th- those ruts are real. So sometimes to break out of those ruts, we need to take a hard turn yeah. um, and go out into the wilderness, so to speak. Now get away from the snow analogy. Now you're thinking about like a, in the jungle, like sometimes you have to drive through a field that has no paths and, and you're very uncertain where it's going to take you. But you, you get out of your rut because you know that the rut itself isn't taking you where you want right. to go. And so I guess we're just here to help you question those ruts and that path, right? Yeah. Look look down the road if you can or the space around. And how is that habit? How is that rut going to uh, determine your route, I guess? And, so, couple. Thank, thankfully, because of the Prius, all right, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. Had I had I'm full on Nuni. We the, love Nuni. <laughs> that's what we that's call it. <laughs> that's an SNL reference that you uh, have, have to look up. You know, you know. <laughs> um, but if if it, if I had a truck or something, then I wouldn't have this this uh, this mediocre illustration to use today. So <laughs> we are grateful. Anyway, anyway. We are grateful. It's a holy moment right there. <laughs> okay, so you're going to get you're being productive. Yep. Couples conversation challenge. What 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 do we have? What do you have for me? Um, take an inventory of your day. Maybe go hour by hour if you got to write it down or whatever. Um, Ryan talked about kind of some of the leaks. I think you just very you just kind of touched on that. What are some of the areas that are kind of uh, could be more recognizable as holy? I guess are there moments where I'm I just I keep going back to this, but picking up my phone instead of my Bible. That's 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 something that I struggle with. Wow. If I have a quiet moment, what do I pick up first? Um, where are these missed moments that we could be praying for one another? We could be engaging with one another, even if we're not geographically or like present face to face with one another. Yeah. Let's take inventory of our day. And what are the holy moments that we're missing or we're not cultivating and allowing God to create within our marriage? And that, you know, think in terms of also social media usage. I mean, how easy is it to let 20, 30, 40 minutes slip away because the, the algorithms, mm. all them algorithms, all them algorithms. They to, they're the devil, the devil. <laughs> brainwashing you. No, but that. they know <laughs> we're not going to get the, we're going to get cut down now. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they will, they, their whole job is to keep your attention. And we're saying like, no, let's give our attention elsewhere. Let's mm. give our attention to the Lord. Let's give our attention to one another. So that's a leaky moment. So take an inventory of those things. That'll be fruitful. I believe. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for the moments that you give us every breath we experience because you ordain it. You allow it. You you allow us um, each second by your grace and you, you hold us together. The very atoms and molecules that make us up are there by your grace and by your mercy. So Lord, who are we to let those moments slip away? Lord, may you transform our hearts, stir our affections for you that we might recognize your glory even in those small moments for your glory, God, for our good and worshiping you. That is going to be the best good that we can have is glorifying you, but also, Lord, for the good of our marriages, for the good of our relationships with one another. I pray that you would comfort the spouse who feels alone right now. I pray that you would convict the spouse who is living in sin right now. And I pray that you would uh, bring couples back together and may you use our efforts in some way to that end so that they might glorify you um, more deeply uh, through their union in Jesus Christ, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. As a reminder, we have an online learning platform that is for your edification, for your good. It's called Gospel-Centered Marriage, and that's exactly what it is. It's We teach folks mm-hmm. how to create, how to build a gospel, a more gospel-centered marriage. You don't have to be newlyweds to go through it. I think it's good for any couple wanting to get on the same page 
to sign up for that, just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. There are a number of options there for you in terms of uh, how to enroll, but I believe and I trust and we've spent a lot of time, energy, and even resources to make it possible. So I hope that you take us up on that. Just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. And with that, uh, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. See you again in about seven days. So until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.